Welcome to The Messy Path, a podcast where we navigate through the mess of personal, spiritual, and relationship growth. I'm Ariel, a rapid transformational therapist. And I'm Whitney, an intuitive relationship coach. Join us as we discuss the beauty in the mess of our lives. So our dear friend Whitney hit a pretty big milestone birthday um, end of last September. So mm-hmm. September 2021. Yep. And she turned 35. Woo-hoo! So fun. <laughs> and I think we're both in the mindset that there isn't an age, especially for women, that we need to uh, feel bad about hitting. I think both of us are not in the we're still, we're on our fifth round of being 29 or anything. <laughs> yeah. I think that each year is a reason to, to celebrate. I love doing birthday stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, and Whitney made 35 things that she's learned through these 35 years. Mm-hmm. So get ready for some great insight, which I'm excited <laughs> to, to yeah. go through as well. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. I, I kind of just started thinking about 35 and how, um, God, like you think about 35 when you're 18 and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to have it all figured out. And like all this stuff known and like, I'm going to feel different. And then you get here and I'm like, I don't know. I still kind of feel like I'm like 22. Like, I I don't know what I'm doing. I don't consider myself an adult. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, it's so funny. The assumptions you make about age. And then as you start really interacting with age as you get older it's like oh none of those assumptions were accurate but then I started thinking like how I have learned a fuck ton like and I have grown a fuck ton so it's like this really cool duality of like still feeling like a kid in a lot of respects and then also realizing wow I'm not her anymore like I've gone through these lessons so I love that well much like our that's not me anymore yeah. like episode from the end totally. of last season. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Um, and it's such a good reflection. I think that helps propel our growth. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really anxious to, to kind of unfold these with you today, because I think a big part of that too, is that as women, especially, but also as growth seeking beings, mm-hmm. we're not in the mode of reflecting and giving ourselves credit for all the growth we have done. Which is what fosters that growth, right? Which is what identifies the growth that we've done it. We're we're doing it. And look at the three mountains that we already walked over. Mm -hmm. I get that we're in a mountain range and we're in another valley thing. But, you know, but look at all the three that I already hiked. Yeah. Um, And we just don't always do that as we're Mm -hmm. looking towards the mountain ahead of us. And so... I love that reflection time for birthdays to say, mm-hmm. yeah, this is what I've done. This is what I've learned. So, yeah, absolutely. And I think like sidebar for us, I would love to talk about how like the next generation of that's not me anymore. And mm. this is me now. Yeah. Like, because I think that that just like that justification in our heads is really hard to make sometimes of like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't have to be following these patterns that have been so identified with my personality for however many years anymore. So then what, like, then what do you follow? Well, Um, and I think that that early thirties time, the, mm -hmm. now that we're both in it, right. That we're both in our early thirties, when we actually look at how that's depicted throughout 
movies and TV shows mm -hmm. and, you know, our mainstream culture, the swing mm -hmm. on it is immense. You Dude. know, you have all of the Friends cast turning 30 um, through the show, right? I mean, obviously it yeah. ran for 10 years, but, yeah. you know, Joey um, on his birthday, why God, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dude, I said, let the others grow old, not me. <laughs> you know, totally. <laughs> as he's turning 30, you know, as this thing to fear and antiquated, you know, beliefs like right in the 60s, if you're over 30, you're not cool anymore, right? Yeah. That's where the um, conservatives, you know, really bred through and things like that. And now yeah. it's like 30 still feels so young. And, so young. and where we are, especially as millennials. Mm -hmm. And then you see, like, I saw, um, like a meme thing recently that was like aunt Petunia from the Dursleys in Harry Potter is oh, yeah. in her early thirties. And what? I'm like that, that haggard looking non-witch. <laughs> <laughs> you know? He's not in her early thirties. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh. Right. But that, but so, that just shows you like the, the breadth of yeah. paths that happen. Yeah. And then how quickly it starts like pinging, branching off of the different choices that you make. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Um, All right. Let's Tell us with... what you've learned. <laughs> All right. Let me uh, share what I have gleaned. Um, number one, this is not going to surprise anybody. Your intuition is always right. Mm -hmm. Like always and it always, as my mom likes to say, and as Ariel always reflects back to me. Um, your intuition will be bringing you on a journey and you might say to it, why did you bring me here? Because maybe it's bringing you towards a harder lesson or a heartbreak or a job that, that feels right for a time and then doesn't. And you're like, well, why did I even go down this little like seeming detour? There was I a think reason. That's such a, yeah, there that was a is reason. such a big um, point to it is that your yeah. intuition doesn't always bring you through you know, calm seas, right? Exactly. But yeah. that it brings you through the storms and that the storms are important. And I think that's, that's a yes. big part of not just your intuition, but it's like the, where the intuition leads you through. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And I think that's, um, that's part of it that, um, you need to stay connected to is that, mm -hmm. um, the fact that, intuition might be leading you into an uncomfortable time and that that's not a bad thing. Intuition can also like lead you into a port during a storm and be like, all right, yeah, I'm just shutting down right now. Yep. Like I can't be pushing myself right now. So intuition is always right. And the more you can trust it and not force trying to figure out where it's leading you, I think the, the more aligned and, and as comfortable as possible, you're going to feel through whatever growth you might be going through. Do you have an example for this one? Mm, um, well, I think, gosh, how, how do I want it? Yeah, I think this is a really good time to, so we're recording this well after my 35th birthday and there have been a lot of other changes happening. Um, I left my childhood dream job or am leaving. I'm, I'm in the transition mm -hmm. right now as we're recording this. Um, so I left that job that brought me back to Wyoming, that felt so aligned, that um, 
felt like, oh my God, this is the job I've always wanted from like a logical standpoint as marketing and, and development director of this summer camp that like changed my life and, and definitely is part of who I am and my story. Um, and I felt like I was going crazy in making that decision because this mm-hmm. other opportunity for a, a marketing position opened up um, at a much different organization, um, arts and creative and theater. And like, it's, it's the center for the arts here, the community that I live in. And it's such a different, like such a different turn, but it's, it's using everything I've learned up until this point. And when the job and came up, feels more aligning exactly. for where you are right now, yes. right. With yeah. the language that they were using in your mm-hmm. interview process and the type of work and, and the type of hours that you would be doing for work was mm-hmm. much more aligning to what you're doing right now, right? Exactly. Which is where our soul lives in the present, right? Exactly. And what I said to, to you in this is the camp job was the train that brought you to your soul place, your soul person, you know, um, connecting with me to fully integrate your soul, you know, like in all of these ways. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, your spirit guide team was like, all right, now let's go. And you're like, no, 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 I got to stay on this train. And they were like, what you crazy person. And you're like, yeah, look at all the views. Look at all the beautiful views I have from this train. And they're like, no, no, that was just the train. Yeah. But you don't know that it was just the train. Right. Exactly. And that's like the difference is like, here this is. And it, you were like, but how do I let go of mm-hmm. this thing? Mm-hmm. And I was like, it was just the train. Yeah. But, but it can, but that train was so important because yep. it is what brought you there and it is valid and connecting. And you had a really positive consciously uncoupling from your job position in, yeah. that, in a way that is, you know, just showing your growth and everything too. Totally. Um, and so I love that the biggest example for the following your intuition through the storm happened after you wrote those. Oh my God. In right. Interim. Yes. Right. I know. And it's one of those, it's like another one of those things where, you know, you like, it's all about the boundary setting for yourself with the universe and what you want to create, because sometimes mm-hmm. you make these statements into the universe and it's like, all right, oh, my yeah, hand you want to, you want another better example of that, Whitney? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll get yeah. you one. Yeah. It's so interesting. Um, so that's, yeah, that's number one. Your intuition is always right. And I have no idea what's unfolding next, but mm-hmm. this feels aligned and yeah. this feels like the appropriate closure to a chapter without resentment. And I think that's, that's another like sidebar lesson. That's not on this list. You don't have to take something all the way to the point of resentment before you leave a relationship, Mm -hmm. a job, anything. Like if you are feeling that it's time to go really assess it and maybe it is time to go. And this was something I talked about with my dad, actually, as I was trying to make this decision. And he said, you know, you're going to build a totally different set of muscles of learning to leave when it feels right, as opposed to learning to leave when you have to. And mm-hmm. that's why this is so hard. Cause you've never just left when it felt right. You've left when it was absolutely the right opportunity, but it felt bad in the current opportunity you were living in. So 
we're gonna have to do a whole thing on that for oh sure. For, yeah. for sure yeah I was like oh my god dad like we because my mom is the woo-woo one my dad is like the very logical pragmatic one and I'm like look at you stepping into your woo-woo in later mm-hmm. in life so um so that's number one um number two is you won't have to second guess if a friendship or relationship is genuine. You just won't. If you're, if you're questioning it, you need to sit with it and see why you're questioning it. Um, I have learned this countless times. (laughs) I have been in countless friendships and countless relationships and countless professional relationships where I've thought, I need to trust this person. This is a genuine person. And there's just something in me that's second guessing it or that mm-hmm. it's like, Mm-mm, that's not true. Like there's something bigger here. Um, and that actually happened um, in the not so recent past with a, a boss that I had at the organization I was leaving, not the boss I'm leaving, um, but there was someone who hired me in who I it presented so well and seemed woo woo and seemed connected and seemed to understand the balance of like the, the logistical living in the society and systems we're in and the emotional feeling Mm. part. And I was like, wow, this is going to be such a great person to work for. And within the first three weeks, I was like, something smells weird. Mm. You know, like it's kind Mm -hmm. of that thing. It's like, there's a funky smell in the house. And like, I don't know where it's coming from. And within six months, it was fully laid out in front of me. And I was like, oh shit, like I got to fix this. I got to do something about this. And so when you're in a relationship with somebody, you need to trust that intuition. Like this, this whole list just builds on itself. Mm -hmm. Your intuition is always right. So if you Mm -hmm. are driving with somebody and then all of a sudden it doesn't seem genuine or something smells off or, you know, whatever that feeling is, freaking trust it and investigate it because there's a reason you're second guessing. There's a reason something feels disingenuous. Um, and the sooner you can get comfortable being uncomfortable in that and get comfortable saying, I don't have to be loved by everybody, liked by everybody. I don't have to have a deep connection with every person of this ilk that crosses my path. Like that that is really freeing. And I think mm-hmm. the older you get, the more you realize my people are my people. And I'm going to mm-hmm. meet probably a lot more people that aren't my people than people that I really jive with. Yes. Right. One of the biggest things in dating that I think mm-hmm. is, is soul crushing, right. Where you go on date after date and you're like, none of these people are my, my person. Yeah. And it's like, well, okay, but you have arguably, right. You're looking for one person or the best person, right. Exactly. Out of a bunch of people. <laughs> And There's 7 so billion like, people yes, here. Right. So, <laughs> like, so the odds are kind of a needle in the haystack, right? Yeah. But it's not um, hopeless. Yeah. It's, it's just keeping your focus. And this isn't, um, this isn't meant to be like, kick that person to the curb kind of a lesson. This is more of a, is if you're second guessing it, understand what brought you to that person whether they're mm-hmm. a friend or a romantic partner or a boss or whatever and find the nugget of truth in that person and then maybe they're only meant to teach you one lesson maybe they're only mm-hmm. meant to show you this personality trait does exist and so you can mm-hmm. look for this personality trait and more in your next partner that mm-hmm. you're dating or whatever it might be um yep. so that's yeah that's kind of 
I think that's a, that's a big lesson. At least it was for me. Uh, and I think it is for a lot of women. Cause we're just, we're trained to want to be liked by everybody. Yes. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. Like, because sure. otherwise we're a whole lot of a slew of like not nice names when everyone mm-hmm. doesn't like us. Exactly. Or even a person doesn't like us. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Number three, working your butt off for a future goal when it's set by someone outside of yourself is never going to leave you hundred percent happy. Mm. It, Which it's just I like not. that, that the future goal outside of yourself can just be society. hundred percent society, your parents, your your boss. Like, yeah. uh, Yeah. Like if you are just chasing titles and promotions and buying a house and getting that up level car or, you know, whatever the societal thing is, babies. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. stop and ask yourself, why am I chasing this? One, why are you chasing it? Because if the universe is trying to deliver it to you, there's not a whole lot of chase. Mm -hmm. There's some work to be done, but you don't have to like run the fucking bus down to get on it. There will be a bus stop, a divine universal bus stop where the universe (laughs) is like, oh, you want this? Okay, hop on. We'll bring you to buying a home. Hop on. We'll bring you to a promotion. Hop on. We'll bring you to a baby. Right. Releasing the how. Yeah. yeah, But just don't fucking chase the bus. Don't chase the bus because- you're going to end oh, up at yeah. the bus stop five minutes late, exhausted and wondering what the fuck. Right. Like, right. so anything that you find yourself setting a goal for, ask yourself, why am I setting this goal? I did this so much with, um, with wanting to be married. Right. Mm-hmm. And I did a big deep dive into, um, when my soulmate said, no, I don't know that I want to be married again. And I was like gut punched into my deep part of my lungs. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, all right. But you like are my soulmate. So, and then I had to go through the whole point. Okay. Well, maybe he's not my soulmate because my soulmate would want to marry me. Right. <laughs> but see, and then this is, I was so like, this is so Right. And then it created like the only sliver of doubt that I've had in our yeah. partnership. Right. And then I was like, okay, no, just, can you just like cal- calm down? But yeah. it released, okay, maybe he's not my soulmate forever, which was, I still think the appropriate, like releasing the outcome that mm. I needed for, for balance, like through all of this, totally. um, which is just relationship time, right. Of just valuing yeah. the present and gratitude and making plans and but being in it. Yep. Um, but I really, really, even further than I thought I already had really evaluated what does being married mean to me? What mm-hmm. do I value about that? And really sifting and sorting through those differences. And then it ended up in a life between lives space, talking to both of our soul essences, mine and my partner's, And it really came down to like my soul values, rituals and ceremonies and his doesn't much like how Mm -hmm. people, you know, he's a service love language and I'm a physical touch love language, you know, and they're just different strengths of the same love. Right. And it was like, oh, okay. And I was able to have those conversations differently going forward with him saying, okay, well, I value this ritual. And this Mm -hmm. is what this ritual means to me. This is my expectations about this Mm -hmm. because 
it was fully authentically from me and my soul because I was able to sift and sort what I don't need, what isn't mine to yeah. hold and what's my values. I love that. And that I think this, this, and this is why I love, I loved making this, this list. And it like, of course, just poured out of me because it was aligned, but that whole trust exercise you went through with your relationship with Brian mm-hmm built your trust in your intuition because your intuition is like nope you're in the right place I know he's not (laughs) saying the things that you expect your soulmate to be saying but like trust us trust us so that's that's the and that's where we can get in a lot of conflict um is are you really trusting your intuition or are you just like holding on hope for your ego Mm -hmm. which I think we're diving into here in the in the future of this list um so number four is take at least one solo four or more day vacation, like truly solo, get in your car, mm. drive a couple States away, get on a plane, fly to another country, like whatever, get in your car and drive to the other side of the state for four days. Like, I don't, it doesn't have to be some big epic eat, pray, love thing, mm-hmm. but go spend a considerable amount of time, more than 72 hours by yourself on a vacation. You're okay. Where learn- did you go? Um, my first one, I went to Kentucky, um, and I went to, uh, Lexington and Louisville and did like this horse tour, of course. And that one I actually did when I was with my ex at the very inkling of the beginning of like, I think I need to leave him. Mm -hmm. But instead of, instead of having that realization, I just felt so skin crawly in the town we were living in that I was like, I have to get out of town and I need to do it by myself. And so I went on this, like, I called it my Elizabethtown adventure because I actually went to the town where they filmed Elizabethtown in, in Kentucky and like stayed at the hotel that they filmed in. And like, it, it was great so on cute. so many levels. Um, and then my other one was, I went to Ireland for mm-hmm. 10, well, two weeks on my own. Yeah. Um, you are going to be faced with so much of yourself that it's, it's so hard to, um, drag along certain parts of yourself after you spend that much time alone, because you'll be faced with the things you don't like first. Like the first thing that comes up is going to be like, oh my God, I need to be on my phone or, oh my God, I need to like call this person and check in. And it's like, do you need to, or is that just like your protective, you know, kind of conditioning? Mm -hmm. And so that's the first thing you're going to be faced with. And then you realize I don't need this protective conditioning always. Like there's a point that it's definitely helpful and it's supportive, but it's, it's a really good lesson in learning to throttle those different aspects of yourself, because all of these conditionings we have are, are good. They've kept us alive. They've kept us safe. They've kept us like processing traumas, whatever, but you need to be able to dial them up and down and spending a considerable amount of time by yourself. You're going to be faced with so much of yourself that you're like, oh, well, okay, that's maybe not healthy. And I need to work on that. This is a cool new part of myself. I want to investigate more. This really pulled me out of my comfort zone. Why is that? Like, there's so much that naturally comes up. And also, you get to decide what it is you actually like to do. When you spend that much time alone, you're not worried about like, oh, is this person happy? Oh, they really like history. So we should like factor in going to this museum this day. Or I know they like to sleep in, so I'm not going to get up early. Do you do you get up at 4am and go like wander the town that you're in and watch the sunrise and then go back to sleep until noon. 
Like Mm -hmm. you're, you're on your own schedule and it's so freeing and scary at the same time to say, I'm truly mapping out my entire day and doing it for more than four days gives you enough time. It's kind of like going to sleepaway camp where like the first time you go to sleepaway camp, if you're only going for a weekend, like you get really homesick, but you know, from the very beginning, you're on like the downhill slide. So you're Mm -hmm. like, it's okay. My parents are picking me up on Sunday. It's already Friday night. That means it's only one more day. You know, like your, your Mm -hmm. ego starts to go like that. So when it's like four more days, you're just kind of like, all right. So it's Thursday and I got until Monday, like, Mm -hmm. what are we doing with this time? Um, and then by the time it's Sunday evening, I'm willing to bet that you're going to want to extend it to like Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday. Cause it's just, yeah. at least for me, even as an extrovert, it was just so freeing to like sit in my own everything. Cause yeah. it's also a really good lesson and you're always only responsible for you. So like mm-hmm. any pissed offness you're feeling, any fear, any whatever that was generated by you. Like, sure. You could have been cut off in traffic in your rental car, but like all you got is you, you know, like that. And, and being that personally responsible for yourself, I think is really, it can be hard at first. Yeah. Um, but then it, it's really empowering. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Number five is take time to figure out what your ideal ideal day is, and then do your damnedest to blend that into every single day you live. So, which is a really good task for your um, solo adventure day, Mm -hmm. um, as a way to carry that into your everyday life. Yeah. Like as well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But then also just into your every, like, as you said, into your everyday life. Yeah. Because, you know, that's always like a question on, I feel like I'm like speed dating or, you know, like if you have questions to ask Mm. someone, you're just getting to know, like, what does your ideal day look like? And, you know, everybody's like, oh, just sitting on the beach and like reading a book all day. Well, have you done that? Do you actually mm-hmm. like that? Or do you need to be like scuba diving or windsurfing or like doing something else? Like, mm-hmm. or maybe you have like me, I have like seven different variations of an ideal day based on where I am and how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. So what do those all look like? And how can you blend even the smallest part of that into your life? Like, you know, me, when we first started, I was like, this is my morning routine. It takes me an hour and a half every day. And God forbid I miss it. Cause like, I mm-hmm. need this morning routine. Yeah. I slept in until like an hour before we were meeting today. <laughs> like I did not get up and do my like hour and a half thing. I slept in so funny because I was like asleep <laughs> when you texted me, I joined the zoom meeting and I'm like, okay, yep. It was nope. 8am my time, not her time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh my God. I love it. Um, but, but I think like being with you and we talked about this with our, with our flow ladies recently too, like slowing down and figuring out what it is that makes up your ideal day. And then just do five minutes of that. Like it does not have to be this like goop Gwyneth Paltrow perfection, Instagram influencer, like fucking lifestyle of I get up at five every day and I I get dressed by the birds that show up at my window and then I drink my cacao and then I go and have my like green juice and then I go for a four mile run. Like, fuck it. If you love Mm. green juice, drink your green juice. If you love waking up and hearing the birds, wake up and open your window and listen to the birds, but you don't have to do this whole elaborate like day in order to be your best life. It's about 
like being in flow and with your body, right? Because 100%. I think as we um, learn more about our bodies and our, our menstrual cycles through lots of different things and mm -hmm. um, is knowing, well, there's the, the week of our periods where we need more rest. There's yeah. the week of our ovulation where we're like, let's go boop, 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 boop. run and do all of the house cleaning all at the same time. Like, yeah. And and that our energy cycle is so different throughout our time that mm -hmm. a daily routine for women is is against flow. It told, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think the more that you can see what your ideal day could look like, um, the and and that it doesn't need to be start to finish exactly one way it gives you more power because you mm -hmm. get to say like, Oh, I love, I love going for a walk at lunchtime. Okay. We'll go for a walk at lunchtime. Maybe a walk one day is just like 10 minutes around your block at the office. Cause you've got back-to-back -back meetings. And maybe a walk later is you realize you have a meeting with your boss that you don't need to be seated at a desk for. So make it a walking meeting. And like, it, it shows you how to work with the universe to create your ideals as opposed mm -hmm. to if, if my day doesn't start with my 45 minute meditation yoga session, my whole day is fucked. Like, yes. you know, maybe one right. day it does start with that. And then maybe the next day it starts with like scrolling TikTok for 20 minutes and like playing fetch with your dogs. Cool. Like that's what, I don't know that, that flexibility I think is really important to, to learn and to bring into the fold. Um, yeah. Let's see. Number six is start honoring your budget now. And it doesn't have to be painful. So, oh, adulting, budgeting, blah. It sounds so stressful. And like, it, it, like money can be really stressful. We're kind of taught in our society, like it, money is hard. Money is hard to earn. It doesn't grow on trees. Like all of these belief systems around money, money is power, you know, having money makes you a bad person. Some people believe, you know, there's all of these systems around money to keep people oppressed exactly and the sooner that you can say I'm I'm claiming my power with money and I'm claiming money as an energy system that I'm using to create what I want the the better off you're going to be um I have struggled with figuring out like the right kind of budget for my lifestyle for since I was like 18 you know because like you want to buy the fun things but you want to be responsible and save but how do you save when you don't make a lot of money and you know, all of these things when you're stuck in this structure. Um, and I read a book, I think like two years ago now called, I will teach you to be rich. Not a big fan of the title. It's like a little gimmicky. Um, but it's a fantastic book and way to look at, um, approaching money. It's by this guy, uh, Ramit Sethi. And he basically, at like 18 started figuring out how he wanted to live and like how he wanted to use money. And he had a lot of belief systems like in his family of like money's hard to get and you got to like spend it right. And you got to be responsible and all these things. And he's like, I want to live my life mm -hmm. and be responsible with money. And I can do both. And so it's, I started using his little process that takes like five weeks to set up and you read like one chapter a week. So it's a very manageable kind of process. And I meet all of my savings goals now and it's fun. 
because I also have money saved now to like go on a trip and like I get to see you in Denver pretty soon and like you know there's like these things and these joys that budgeting and working with money can bring into your life so um kind of figure out don't be scared of budgeting and I'm like happy to talk with people about this in more detail too because I was so scared of budgeting and money and checking my bank account and like just living in that like angst around money and there's work that you can do to like break down that belief system and then also tie into I get to have money and I get to have a savings account that has a percentage in it that's just for me to go buy the thing that I love at anthropology or you know go out for coffee five times a week like you can make your budget work for the lifestyle that you want no matter what you're making it's just about figuring out the the balance there so don't be scared of it dive into it um Let's see, number seven is take your fears and journal why they're not true. And this is one of the most freeing exercises you can do. Like, um, when you have a fear, it feels like a wall. And so the second you can start seeing cracks in that wall and seeing like the next, um, the next thing past that fear, like the, the better off you are, if that makes sense. Like when you yeah. can take your fear and just say, why am I believing that this is true? Why do I believe that I can't save money? Okay. Here's a list of why I believe I can't save money. Are these actually true? Or are these just things that I've experienced up until this point? Mm-hmm. Because they might have been true, but you're not that person you were when you were 18 and you you know, spent your money stupidly at the mall. And then we're like, oh shit, I can't afford my, you know, phone bill or whatever this month. Like that's, that doesn't have to continue to be your truth. So when you write down a fear and you journal through it about the fallacy, it starts to take the power away and it starts to give you back your power instead of having this fear be kind of like an energy suck around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's totally something you can work on on a deeper level with both Whitney and I. Yes, it absolutely is. (laughs) And all of our tools. Yes. So yeah, what do you do once you realize that that fear is not true? That's like another another chapter. But I do think that like journaling around fear is so powerful all the time. So powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh, Number eight, both Ariel and I 100% agree with um, time in nature is never wasted. (laughs) but it's it's just not like whatever your version of nature is you don't have to be hiking you know 20 miles into the back country you can just go to a park and like sit there and feed the squirrels it's not it's going to bring value to your life I guarantee Mm -hmm. you will if nothing else just feel more calm so go spend time in nature um let's see number nine when you feel you don't have any time for you is when you it's most important for you to take that time. Um, So if you are running a thousand miles a minute with 18 deadlines at work and a bunch of responsibilities at home and a bunch of other things that are like, I don't even have time to, to get up and, you know, meditate for five minutes, pull your car to the side of the road in fucking traffic and sit there for five minutes and count the red cars. Like just do something that's for you. Like, and it doesn't have to be like, I mentioned earlier in the building your ideal day, it doesn't have to be some, you know, get up at 5am and have like a spa shower and then go do yoga and meditate, like go 
take your lunch at the park and sit outside in nature for five minutes. I think that this is such, especially on women, um, such the hustle culture mm-hmm. uh, is what we all say against. And it's, and, you know, even the, the, you know, the, the phrase, mm-hmm. right. Idle hands are the devil's playmate yeah. instead of being like idle hands is a connection to your inner self and, and divine. Right. Yeah. And you can also do that by working, but we're not doing those kinds of things anymore. And it's yes. like, yes, like exactly. There's so many patriarchal things that kept people that were intended to keep people and especially women um, disconnected. Totally. And valuing time for yourself is for sure one of them. Totally. The ways, like think, the gateways. Yeah. Like, just think about it. It doesn't make any sense how we approach our own energy systems compared to the tools we use every day. So, if you take a, you know, electronic weed whip battery off the charger before it's fully charged and go to like weed whip your backyard, are you going to be able to go as far? No, because you didn't let the battery charge all the way. So you're going to get halfway through the project and then just be fucked and out of energy, literally, and have to go take a break. So charge your battery to the fullest extent right off the bat and then go do the work. And then as you notice the battery light flashing, like, I don't know, you're feeling exhausted or you're grumpy or things aren't bringing you joy anymore or many of the different burnout cues that are out there, pull back, take a step back and just do something to recharge yourself. Like we do not, we don't treat our phones this way. Like the second you see that 20% battery light flash up, like, Mm -hmm. like, oh shit, I got to go get near my charger. Or, oh, cool, I only have 20 minutes left and then I got to go charge my phone. Fucking do this for yourself. Like, I cannot stress this enough. As someone who has had stress-induced shingles from my fucking Mm -hmm. job and doing too much, like... Before you were 35. Before I was... Well, before I was 35. I think I was like... I was... Yeah, I was 30. I just turned 30 and I came down with fucking stress-induced shingles. So fucking take a break, please, for the Mm -hmm. love of God. Um, yeah. And it really, it doesn't have to be some big thing. Don't make it another big to do. Just go revisit, revisit our, um, our episode about slowing down and being in the flow. (laughs) Yes. Seriously. God, maybe that's just, that's the one big lesson I've learned so far in my life is slow the fuck down. It only took 35 years. Um, (laughs) so, okay. Number 10, don't worry about finding your life's purpose. Find your now purpose. Mm, love that. Spoken, love that. Right? Like spoken as a manifesting generator, I have 79 yeah. ideas at all times. Like I, yes. I want to write a book. I want my coaching business to continue to grow. I want stuff with messy paths to continue to grow. I want to do more group coaching with you. Like I want to be good at my new job. I want to do all these side projects with Greg. Right what are you going to do with your one precious life? Life. And it's like, let's just blow that up with being like, you don't have to do one thing and you don't get just one life. And I think that when you release the understanding of time limitations, Mm -hmm. um, yet time valued. Yes. It's like, okay, what am I focusing on right now? What am I being led to? What am I learning? And I think that the movie soul Um, Mm. the Pixar Disney movie was so good for this 
because the main message in that was about purpose. Mm-hmm. And the purpose wasn't to, to be a jazz musician. The yeah. purpose was to find joy in every day, yes. which I am going to spoiler that because, yeah, because that just is everyone's purpose. It is. And, and we associate it to a job mm-hmm. or a role, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, or was your purpose to just like spread kindness and recognize beauty and learn your lessons in this lifetime. And that shift will lead you through many mountains and journeys and relationships and jobs um, for some more than others, right? All in this varying level of how you're experiencing things along your path. Yeah. Like just allow yourself to continue to grow because what you want now is not going to be what you want in the future when you get what you want now, because that's just how we are as humans. Like you are always building. Think about when you were a little kid and for Christmas, when you were six years old, all you fucking wanted was that Polly pocket stable. All you wanted was that Polly pocket stable. And then you got the Polly pocket stable and you were so excited about it and you played with it for hours. And then the next Christmas came and you're like, all I want is Felicity's horse. Oh my God. All I want is Felicity's horse. And you got Felicity's horse and you played with all of those things. And you still had a soft spot for Polly Pocket Stable and you still played with it. And then Mm -hmm. you moved on to your American Girl dolls and you played with those and you kept building desire and and growing. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do. That's -hmm. what we do. There's nothing wrong with that. So live it, live it fully, live whatever your purpose feels like now fully. And also this does not mean your side hustle or your hobby needs to become your main source of income. Like whatever that is so based in capitalism that the thing you love the most needs to be the thing that makes you the most money. That's just not true. You can love something dearly and have it bring joy to your life. And it can be what it is. It can be a side hustle. It can just continue to be a hobby where you make beautiful gifts and give them out to people, or you do something that just brings you joy. It doesn't mean you have to monetize everything. And I think that's something that like we our generation struggles with because we have needed to like hold multiple jobs in order to survive in this economy that we live in. But that doesn't mean you need to monetize everything. So Mm -hmm. just love, love the phase that you're in now, do the thing that brings you joy and don't worry about being on a Ted stage for it. Like we're not all meant to be Brene Brown on our journey. Like fuck yeah, she's a badass and she's doing her thing and she's doing the research and the and studying what she loves and writing books about it. But that doesn't mean you need to be that level of expert in your field, if that makes sense. Like that does, your one purpose you decide when you're in college is not gonna be your purpose when you're 30, I can guarantee it. Like it's so rare that you actually stay in one path. And if you are staying in one path, cool, good for you. But don't hold that one purpose as the only thing you can do because it's it will probably lead to you burning out. Um, okay, number 11. Understand that each chapter of life will have a different focus, different energy. Don't judge each chapter on its own, but look at the whole. Mm. And this kind of goes with number 10. Like you're not always going to be in the same place, vying for the same thing, working on the same part of you you might have a really shitty chapter or two or 10. And that doesn't mean that your life is shit. That just means like you went through some stuff and you had a learning that was hard Mm -hmm. and you don't know what the next chapter is going to be made of. And that can, 
that's one of those things that I feel like comes with age because mm-hmm. you have more time to observe but it's something that's so 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 helpful and meaningful during those pitfall times Absolutely. to recognize and say and you know removing the altruisms this is how it's always going to be this mm-hmm. is who i am this i mm-hmm. am a mess right mm-hmm. i am you know unlovable i'm not going to be able to ever get a job again mm-hmm. and just removing those altruisms and saying this is not a good time to meet me right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I said out loud. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Oh, this is not a really great time to meet me. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I am right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that, like, that's the, the, one of the key points of the whole messy path process of mm-hmm. this podcast of the work that we do together. Like mm-hmm. the path is going to be fucking messy and the mess is going to be different. And the mess might be similar to the last mess, or it might be like totally new mess. And that's okay. That does not define your life to be in and out of messiness. It means you're growing. So just be with that. Know that the chapter you're in is not the end all be all chapter. Um, And there's way more to come and way more that you get to write and control as you start to see your power in your life. Um, Okay. Number 12 what does my soul ask yourself each day? What does my soul need most? And then mm. do your, you do your best to give it to yourself. Do I actually ask myself this every day? No. Are my days better when I do ask myself this hundred mm-hmm. percent? Just, it's a super simple question. You know, put a reminder on your phone. What does my soul need most today? It needs a bath. It needs a walk in nature. It needs to call my mom. It, you know, whatever that thing might be, do it. Also, like in all of this, the amount of time it actually takes to quote unquote, recharge your battery or do the thing that is soul aligning for you is not the amount of time that you think it is. But yeah, so often when you're starting to do this work, you're like, oh my God, if I'm going to journal and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to do yoga and I'm going to have this tough conversation that I know I need to have, that can feel like a whole day's work. It's probably like a morning. It's like, what, you know, when I'm in, um, RTT sessions and hypnosis, Mm -hmm. like with people and ask, how can we bring this energy in more? What can they do more to connect Mm -hmm. and, and, and feel connected more often than not? The answer is breathe. Mm -hmm. And here, this is breathing something that we do unconsciously all day, every day throughout the day in order to be alive. Mm-hmm. is also the one thing that will bring us most quickest and easiest and more connected into ourselves again. 100%. And it can literally just be taking a few intentional breaths. Yeah. And there, and every single person has time to breathe. <laughs> yes. That's, that's so, that's such a good reminder. Like what you and I did before we started recording today. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. let's just take a couple seconds, set an intention do some breathing, settle in and mm-hmm. take off. You can do that at a fucking stoplight. Mm-hmm. Like every time you're at a stoplight, just take three intentional deep breaths and say, thank you. You don't even have to say thank you for a specific thing. Just thank you. I'm alive. Mm-hmm. I'm in my mm-hmm. car. It's a sunny day, whatever. Um, so yeah, ask, ask that question to yourself as often as you can remember. What does my soul need most? It, it honestly could probably say, can you just take a conscious breath? <laughs> Like, 
<laughs> we just need to ground in our body right now. Take a conscious breath. Like, yeah, fold your hands. It's, it's going to be silly stuff sometimes, but I guarantee you it's going to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, number 13. Take up a hobby you had or wanted in childhood as an adult. It will fill your spirit. Ballet, tap, dance, I don't know, singing, violin lessons, horseback riding, like do the thing, do the thing again. And don't judge yourself for not being perfect at it. Like when you're in these things as a kid, so many people are like, oh, well, are you going to try out for the high school gymnastics team? Do you want to be on the road to like Mm -hmm. the Olympics? no I just want to play on the balance beam let me play on the balance beam well and even like you were saying I mean so many the the pressure as especially millennials to monetize Mm -hmm. your hobby Mm -hmm. um because you don't have disposable income (laughs) (laughs) to spend on your hobby yeah um but but it's like no what if you just did this for for your joy and that's Mm -hmm. that's uh worthy enough right yeah absolutely and it's a fun way to like reconnect to your inner child too Mm -hmm. because it will just naturally bring out joy and happiness in you yeah um okay number 14 take time to get to know yourself outside of societal expectations strip all the could would should away and ask who am i caveat do not answer with labels like mom friend job title like who are you um this is a good exercise for your time away too totally yeah exactly I was going to tie that in with that like it this is a perfect question to sit with while you're doing your solo vacation Mm -hmm. um because it can lead you to really powerful reminders like when I did my solo vacation my second one um I realized oh my god I'm just on my love journey that I fucking asked for when I was 13 with nothing but pure intention in my heart mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and real good connection to the universe. And so I was living this journey of experiencing all the different types of love. And in coming back to that realization without the shoulds, the woulds, and the coulds, it took so much pressure and guilt off of me for canceling a wedding for feeling like I had failed another relationship for feeling of like a failure because I wasn't married and I was 30 for like all of these things it just took this huge pressure off of me because there are no shoulds woulds and coulds all of those are societal all of those are literally made up out of thin air so ask yourself what you are without those expectations and then do your damnedest to, to sit with that and to bring that expression into every day. You know, how do you tie in with that part of yourself every day? Because that's also what your soul wants. Yeah, So totally. Um, okay, 15. Find something you admire in every person you meet. It will mm-hmm. help you to be open to all possible connections in life. And I will admit this is really hard right now. <laughs> Because we have so much like division and judgment and um, blaming going on in our society. But when you strip it away and realize we're all souls on this journey, that's a fucking powerful realization in that there is something to learn and something positive and beautiful in every single living being on this planet. Whew, that's really heavy and hard sometimes to believe, but it's true. I just actually heard this story of the universe um, on a TikTok, of course, 
and I forget who wrote it, but it's the long and the short of it is the soul dies and goes back to the other plane and is met by a great being. And the, the soul is like, well, okay, so is this heaven? And they're like, eh, kinda. And he's like, is this hell? Eh, kinda. You know, it, it just is, it's the other. Um, and the soul's like, well, how long am I here for this time? And they're like, actually not very long. You're about to go back. And the soul's like, why? Life was hard. Like, I'm tired. I just want to like sit in this really nice, comfy, like void mm-hmm. of a soul space for a minute. And the, soul, the other soul's like, actually, you've got more work to do. And you're going to go back into your universe. And the soul says, what do you mean my universe? And the, the greater being goes, yeah, that earth, that's yours. You are every soul on earth at all times. You are living different timelines. So this next time you're going back to 500 BC as a Chinese girl working in the rice fields. Good luck. Uh, I know last time you were living in 2021 and you were a dude like in tech that you're going to go live an opposite right now. And the lesson that you need to learn is that you are all things in all ways Mm -hmm. at all times. And once you finally do that, your little fetus universe will grow and expand into a being universe like the one I'm in now. And then when I learn all my lessons in this universe, I grow and expand into the next generation of being. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, when I read that, I was like, oh God, yeah, it's time to bring in a lot more kindness and a lot more love and a lot more understanding into this incarnation because we are all just expressions of energy in the universe. Like no matter what God you may or may not believe in, we're, we're literally all made of stardust. So mm-hmm so that yeah enjoy that one it's a fun one and a really grounding one yes um okay 16 do your best to understand differing perspectives we're all having unique and connecting human experiences this is also very hard right now um because there are so many divisive kind of approaches to life but the more you can understand that it's all conditioning and that there is validity in anyone's lived experience based on their conditioning. It, it makes it a little bit easier to connect and to see the humanness and the soulness in mm-hmm. everybody. Um, even if yeah. they are really living a connection that you do not agree with, like, and they're living from a paradigm that you have major issue with, it doesn't mean you need to adopt their paradigm. It just means that they're living a different truth than you. And there's a lesson for you in that truth and however you want to take it, just like there's a lesson for them in your truth. So the more you can kind of just accept that the different perspectives are out there and that there are journeys towards a a united overarching soul experience. And they're just on a different leg of the journey than you are maybe. So yeah, that's a big one. Um, Let's see. Number 17, do not put anything on a timeline. It will come when it needs to. Hello. I think especially <laughs> for like our early 30s women raised in the Midwest, that mm-hmm. is such a huge like, yeah, it's releasing the outcome, mm-hmm. right? It's it's releasing the time that things have to happen within and allowing them to happen at the right time. Mm-hmm. And putting things on a timeline just shoulds and woulds and coulds all over you. And right. it makes you make decisions out of fear and lack instead of out of connection and alignment so just release the timeline you're doing great 
Um, also, if you look at the timeline that a lot of women are like, oh, shitting about, which is like marriage babies house promotion, mm-hmm. that entire timeline was built and is pro- is supporting the patriarchy and capitalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Period. The right. Like, the notion with when to have babies was based on a seventeen hundreds um, um, research of of peasant women. Yeah. And it's like if if we haven't advanced since then, and our support for tech, you know, for for women hasn't advanced since then, you know, that's a big societal thing. Exactly. And I think the the big tip I think in okay, well, how do you how do you do that? Is um, is looking for the expanders. Mm-hmm. Um, looking for the people who, who have, you know, look at Janet Jackson, who had twins at, at over 50. 40. Yeah. Um, and, um, Cameron Diaz, who had a baby at 49, mm-hmm. her first baby at 49, you know, mm-hmm. look to these people and, and see that that's possible. Look to, you know, find the talk, be open to talking to that old woman that you, that you are behind at the grocery store and finding out that she met the love of her life at, you know, 72 after, you know, two um, husbands died or being single for that long, you know, whatever it is and, and see that there's love, you know, at Mm -hmm. at the end, you know, (laughs) but you know, um, the kind of always something to move for. Um, but yeah, I think finding those expanders in whatever ways, in stories, yeah. in, in real life conversations and just being open. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more that you're open and ask for, I want to, I need an expander for mm-hmm. this story yeah. for someone who can do this yeah. and you can ask for it and you will be shown it in one way or another, but 100%. the bottom line is that you are that expander. Because once you believe that you have the ability to do whatever it is you want at whatever time is right for you, that's aligned with your soul journey and your mission and, mm-hmm. and supported by the universe, it will happen. Yep. And, and then you know it's going to happen. And that can be a difficult, you know, toe to, you know, uh, pull at times, mm-hmm. but that's that that faith and the trust and the intuition that's mm-hmm. like guiding toward it too absolutely amen and now we're gonna take a brief pause because <laughs> we love sharing our stories and examples but we also want to keep it somewhat timely for you all so yes. please look forward to the second half of whitney's 35 years of insight um, in an upcoming episode Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to connect with us on Instagram or online, you can find our details in the show notes. And remember, the mess mess is is the journey. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get this.